Welcome to Center Points, the podcast of the Polian Center for Contemporary Media. I'm Jonathan Nichols Pethick, the director of the center, and today my guest is Aaron Koppel Smith. Aaron is an assistant professor of media studies at Austin College in Texas, and I spoke with her back in October at the Flow Conference, which took place in Austin, Texas. So, Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Um, like I said, we're here in Austin, Texas at the Flow Conference where um, we were on a panel uh, talking about the 21st century television classroom. And um, I was really struck by your, uh, your responses to the questions that Kelly Kessler posed, um, especially your, your, in some ways your detailing of how you handle this yeah. class. Um, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about this class you talked about. Sure. So um, the class that I teach is called What is Television? And I got the idea after attending a conference of the same name at the University of Oregon in spring of 2012. And um, I attended and thought it was a really interesting and inspiring conference. Uh, there were panels about the history of television. There were panels about the future of television. Is television a distribution? Is it television uh, content? Is television about sociocultural context? Is television technology? All sorts of questions, really interesting questions. And I left inspired um, thinking, well, if I teach a television class someday, this is what I'll do. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to teach, it's an upper level seminar, it's a 400 level seminar for, um, for majors and minors or anyone who has taken the prereqs. And I thought this is a really interesting way to start a class, I think, by having the title of the class be a question. It, it invites students in um, to be part of finding an answer to something as opposed to having the orientation that they're coming to get wisdom from you about what television is. It, it sort of sets up the class from day one of, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what television is. What do you think television is? Um, and how can we figure it out together? And I think that it worked really well. Um, in, uh, in sort of setting up that expectation of, we're not gonna find an answer to this, but there are ways that we can answer that question um, that are not complete, but that are there. So it's a, it's a very cool class. Yeah, I mean, I, and I love the idea of answer, uh, posing that question first. I mean, there's so, yeah. it's so often the model that we, you know, the students are sort of expecting, I'm gonna take a class on television criticism and I'm gonna find, I'm gonna learn from the professor yes. what all this stuff is. Yeah. And then when you start with the idea that this is a, uh, this is a target that's moving all the time right. and none of us are really in, in, in have a full grasp of it yet, right. but, we, but here are some ways we can answer that question. Um, I can imagine that might be daunting at first for students. It is, yeah. Um, but um, hopefully, uh, uh, it, it's manageable. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is how then do you get into that question? What are the ways you manage that, that, in, that, that question, I guess? Right. So the way that I do it is I have set up the syllabus um, to think about um, television and its relationship to society, right? And that's sort of the place where I get in um, some of the TV theory. We do have a TV criticism class, mm -hmm. um, although it hasn't been taught in a while. Um, but I get in some of the theory. And then we talk about television content. Um, and then we talk about television as a technology. And then we talk about television as an industry. Um, and I think that you could set it up in a hundred different ways. Mm -hmm. But those are the ways that I thought were interesting. It, it gave me a way to get in the stuff I really wanted to get in. You know, These are conversations I feel like having. Yeah. Um, and so let's have these conversations. Um, 
as I said yesterday, uh, when my colleague Brett Besson taught a variation of the course called What is Film, he started the semester with no syllabus, um, and the students helped him put it together. Um, you know. That just terrifies me, by the way. Oh, it terrifies me, too, and I thought, <laughs> God, you are so brave. Um, and it scared the students, too. Yeah, I'm sure. But he had, uh, I think he only had five students in the class, okay. and um, you know, he opened it up like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? Um, and then, as I said yesterday, they ended up saying, exactly the sort of setup that I had. In that. <laughs> yeah. And well, they, that, that's yeah, a good point. They often fall back into what they know. Right. right? The known is, uh, does have a lot of currency yes. in, in, in the classroom. Yes. And so one of the challenges for the 21st century media classroom is yeah. to sort of talk about the unknown. Yes. Right? yes. And um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the kinds of assignments you use to get at these questions. Sure. So. Um, one of the assignments that I really like um, is uh, this assignment I call TV Experiences. And so I um, have students engage with television in ways that I think are emblematic of contemporary television and how it's changing in terms of audience engagement. Um, and so students had the choice between um, four options. They could binge watch television, they could live tweet TV, they could use an enhanced viewing app, um, or they could cord cut for, I think I made them cord cut for three weeks. No one chose that option, but. Um, which again, it sounds I think so it's dire. It's, it does, but so many of them are cord cutting anyway. Yeah. But then a lot of them live on campus, and so they already have TV yeah. piped into their room, yeah. so. Anyway, um, so I do this TV experiences assignment, and they choose one of these, and they, they do it, and then we come to class, and we have just an, sort of an open discussion about what was it like, and what, surprised you and then thinking about um, how did this change your experience of watching television? Did it change your experience of engaging with the text? Did it, um, did it not? Um, did you have an opportunity to engage with other fans in interesting ways? Some of the binge viewers found that like their roommates would wander in and out while they were binge viewing mm -hmm. and that that changed the experience, um, uh, just having those people there. Um, uh, and then, of course, the question for me always comes back to industry questions. So I, yeah. you know, said, how, why would the industry embrace this shift, or why would it fear this shift, and how is it trying to manage the shift so that it's productive for them? You know, so maybe they want you using their enhanced viewing yeah. app at, at ABC or whatever. One of the things we talked about in another, or another panel talked about about binge viewing, with, that made me, your answer made me think of that, which is um, the difference between uh, different kinds of binge. Viewing so, yes. and we we played out the 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 metaphor of the binge versus the marathon, right? That yes. the marathon is something sort of healthy that you train for, <laughs> that you do, that, like um, that is sort of socially acceptable. Right. You right? put stickers on your car. You put stickers on. I did this. Whereas the binge is something you do in private. It's guilt based. It's That's unhealthy. And so we talked about the different kinds of programming that one yeah. might marathon, say a um, Breaking Bad marathon, right? right? That this is, I'm gonna set, I'm gonna start at the beginning, I'm gonna get to the end. Right. And then whereas the binge is something like you just, I'm gonna watch 15 episodes of the real world. Right. And I'm just gonna do it and I'm, I'm right. not proud about it. Right, <laughs> and you just, and you, uh, you end up falling into the binge too, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some of my students were like, well, I just realized one Saturday that I was just kept watching episodes of Tosh.0 yeah. and I just was like, oh, I guess I can t count this as my binge, you know, yeah. but it wasn't, uh, 
intentional. Yeah, <laughs> it's and just I, we're and watching. I'm actually sort of, sort of interested too in the difference when I was a teenager. So MTV started when I was 16, mm -hmm. and um, there was a kind of binging quality to that, which because although I don't know if I'd call it binging, but anyway, it was sort of like the way they set it up was always if you don't like this video, it's such a short little snippet that you can wait and see what's next. And so mm -hmm. this, there was this quality of getting kind of sucked into it and just never stopping. Sure. Um, so I, I think those are really interesting questions. And I, I love the fact that you bring them back to the industry because they are well attuned yes. to this. I'm really struck by the live tweeting thing because yeah. live tweeting is just something I, I don't really understand. I don't know how to do. Yeah. Um, what, what did they say about that? Um, I only had two students live tweet. Okay. And one of them, <laughs> one of them live tweeted uh, the Wendy Williams show. Wendy Williams show? Yeah, which is like a daytime syndicated talk show. Wow. Yeah, and that was interesting because, of course, as a daytime syndicated talk show, it's not on everywhere at the same time. Yeah. So he was just sort of sending tweets into the ether. <laughs> Um, yeah, it almost seems like live tweeting requires a kind of common experience. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, it was really interesting the way that that sort of came out. And he found it more that it changed his experience with the text, but he yeah. wasn't finding like a community of okay. fellow live tweeters. Of well, and, and I was actually paying attention to a live tweet going on from the conference. Mm. And it was, it was as if you really had to be at the conference mm -hmm. or, um, or know what was going on at the conference because the live tweet stream was sort of, um, it was almost as if you were kind of nudging the person next to you, saying that's a good point about that, yeah. or so-and-so just did that. Right. And so it was almost, I, I, I was kind of curious about how that, how that experience fit in. Yeah. One of the questions I do want to ask you though, right, because uh, we're talking about these, this, which I think is a terrific assignment, I right. really do. I mean, I, when I read this, I thought, I'm stealing that. Yeah, I do, please. Um, I don't have to steal it. I can borrow it because you're willing to give it. I share. I will, and that is the, that is the truth. We I share all of my materials. Being uh, uh, shameless poachers, right? I'm uh, yep. a total shameless poacher. I'm a and, shameless poacher. But I will share. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always. Yeah. There's nothing I won't share. Um, but what are some of the um, the speed bumps or the roadblocks in this assignment? What 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 might have gone? What could go? What could go better? So one of the problems that I had is that I wanted to give students the freedom to choose the yeah. experiences that resonated with them. And um, I asked them early in the semester to pick one and was trying to maintain a semi-decent balance and had its semi-decent balance, but not great. Um, and then what ended up happening is that because I wasn't holding them to what they said at the beginning, they all... 90% of them ended up binge viewing because okay. it was something they could do in an afternoon and yeah. they didn't require weeks of engagement or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the student who live tweeted Wendy Williams chose it because it aired every day. Okay. And so he could do it in a, he could do the whole assignment in a week yeah. as opposed to over four weeks. Yeah. Um, so in the future, they will have to give me a list of preferences and then I will assign them and, mm -hmm. and then that's what you have to do. Um, because I want, I really wanted, we had a cool conversation about binge viewing, but I really wanted to have a conversation about all of these yeah. things and how they're all at work and all changing television. So Yeah, because for instance, cord cutting, which none of them chose, right? right? Cord cutting is, for instance, something I'm intrigued by, yeah. but am unwilling to do. Agreed. Because I just don't know how to manage it. Agreed. Um, and I think that's in some ways... A, a bigger question and what you just said about the students choosing things that they could manage in a way that they understood is one of the 
complexities of the, the contemporary media classroom, which is where yes. we're, we're presented with so much opportunity, so much, so much information out there, and we want to open it up to our students. And yet, they are still sort of tied to some traditional models of time management, yeah. of what counts as appropriate um, work. And they want to do, I mean, for better or for worse, and I'm not blaming students because we want to do it too. Right. They want to get the most out of the work in the least amount of time. Right. Right? They, want to, they want to manage that time. Um, so one of the challenges, it seems to me, is, is just getting them to, to chew or to do the thing that's going to take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you, have you? I, I do not have the magic formula yeah. for answering that you question. You don't have a wand. I don't. Oh. I'm still looking for my wand. <laughs> yeah. I've but it is, it is one of the things that we have to, we have to balance, right? Because tradition, it, we talked a lot about abundance and scarcity and the idea, mm -hmm. but how do we manage all these materials that are... Well, and th this isn't a conversation we had yesterday, but I've really been wrestling with what to do about screenings because there is so much out there um, and it would be possible to have screenings conducted entirely on your own and then we come back together to discuss. Now, I've had two problems with that. One is that oftentimes the stuff I really want to show is the stuff that is not on Netflix. I don't have a problem requiring students to have a Netflix subscription as no. part of the course. It costs way less than a book. Way and I hardly ever assign books anyway. Yeah. So, you know, if you have to buy a Netflix subscription, oh, it's just so tragic. I feel yeah. terrible for you. So I don't feel bad about that. But the problem is that sometimes the stuff that I really need to show is not on Netflix. I'm doing this 80s media class this semester, and it's, you know, Fatal Attraction is on Netflix, Family Ties is on Netflix, but, um, you know, Back to the Future is not on Netflix. And... Um, Oh, Designing Women, not oh, on Netflix. Yeah. So, you know, so now you've got this weird thing, like do you then change what you want to teach based on what's on Netflix? Um, and I am unwilling to do that. Um, and then the other thing is that I just don't trust them to do it on their own. I yeah. don't. Um, and it makes me nervous. Uh, you know, because then I feel like now I've got to set in, now I've got to do screening quizzes and all this sort of stuff, which I hate. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, and it just it just raises the bar. And I think you're right. I mean, I think we have to be realists as well. Yeah. And, and I think you just raised a really great point, which is we can talk about abundance all we want. And, and it seems like abundant availability. But for all sorts of institutional reasons, copyright reasons, you know, just they haven't worked out the, the, the contracts yet not everything is available. Right. Right. Um, I, I recently was trying to get uh, Judging Amy. Oh. I Judging like Amy isn't available, even on DVD yet. It may, it may be now, but it wasn't when I was looking. Uh. And I can't figure out why, and I have a feeling it's got something to do with just someone's contract. Yep. They can't work it out. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it is unavailable for, you know, for a teaching uh, or a classroom, you know, That's you crazy. can't do it. Um, or even something like Netflix. I mean, um, we have found that in our uh, classrooms, the projector, if you try to run Netflix through the projector, right. it, won't. It, it expands yeah. the, the frame so you can't really have a good viewing experience because they don't want you stealing the stream. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just thing after thing. And if you're teaching anything that isn't super, you know, I did an indie media class in, the sp in last fall. And they just didn't have the indie films I wanted to show. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's like, well, I can change it or I can show the stuff I want to show and we have to get together once a week, you know. 
So as you're, uh, as you're thinking about redoing this class, um, mm -hmm. what are some of the things, I mean, other than, you know, assigning those people specific kinds of activities, what are some other things you're thinking about changing? If oh, you could talk good, about that. Oh gosh, I don't know. We haven't, okay. started thinking about Premature. it. Premature. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing is I need to figure out the, f the, the final assignment for the class has been a research paper. And I need to think better and harder about what that should look like and what our students are capable of doing at this level and things like that. Yeah. Um, and well, so I need to reconfigure that. Yeah, because that, and that's another thing. We, we often give them a lot of rope, right? Yeah. And a lot of leeway. And students aren't always comfortable with, without specific guidelines yeah. that they feel like they can, um, they can meet. And so this is a big challenge uh, for, I think, for all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, just based on, on what I've uh, read of yours and talked to you about, um, I, I'm really excited to see what you do with this because I yeah. think you're going to do a great job. With I, I'm just cool really class. excited to steal your materials. We do a, <laughs> <laughs> feel free. We do a, a really neat assignment that I poached from Amanda Lotz mm -hmm. um, in, this, in this class where they um, are required to, in small groups, they have to role play a particular segment of the television industry. Yes. And then talk about what is the future of television for us and what do we want it to be. So, you know, one group is Comcast, one group is ESPN, one group is a local affiliate, one group is, you know, just and on and on and on. And one group is like TV producers, I think. And then what I had them do, again, poached from Amanda, is I brought in um, folks who work at our local affiliates in Sherman, and they were the, the judges, nominally, for, the, for these presentations. Um, I did the final grading. Sure. Um, but they gave feedback, and they asked questions, and they were tough but loving, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, they were very happy, the, the folks from the CBS affiliate were very happy to be there and excited to see the students and really impressed by their work. But they didn't handle them with kid gloves. You know, they'd say, well, that's not really realistic. You know, you can't just decide that you're gonna get, you know, this share of the audience with that content. That's yeah. not really how it works. Um, and so it was really neat. It freaked the students out, but they did a great job. And I kept telling them, this is preparation for the yeah. real world, you know, and, uh, and they did a great job, but they were, they were scared. Well, and I don't think we can ask anything more of a teacher than to sort of set students in front of that kind of real yes. world example. And still, you know, they're learning the materials of TV right. criticism and they're doing it in a way that's actually going to uh, to serve them in the future. Right. So I'm going to let you go because okay. it's time to go back to panels. Yay. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. My guest today has been Aaron Koppel-Smith. I spoke with Aaron back in October at the Flow Conference in Austin, Texas. Aaron is an assistant professor of media studies at Austin College in Sherman, Texas. This has been Center Points.